Canine Cast number 31. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara. And hello out there. This is Walter. Just a quick recap of the last show in case you missed it Canine Cast number 30. We talked about how to find the right dog food, had some help for dogs that constantly lick their paws, and we had a listener tip on how to sterilize marrow bone treats for your dog. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some tips for using the gentle leader. We talked about gentle leaders a while back on canine cast number 26. For anybody who didn't hear that cast and isn't familiar with the gentle leader, it's basically a head halter similar to what a horse would wear. It has one loop that goes around the dog's nose and then another one that goes around the dog's neck behind their ears. And tonight, we'll be talking about how to get your dog to accept it and have a bit of a positive attitude towards it, as well as going over some quick training tips for using it. Also, we're going to be talking a little bit about dog aggression, and that topic in and of itself is so broad that there are so many subtopics. What we are going to talk about tonight is specifically um, dog dog aggression, so a dog that is aggressive towards other dogs, and how a family with small children would want to deal with that. We have an email here from Deb. She writes, A couple of weeks ago, you mentioned the gentle leader collar, and I was wondering if you could give any tips for using this. Calvin doesn't like it much. When I first used it, he didn't like it, but his behavior did change. Then, after a week or so, he seemed to get used to it and went back to pulling and whining. Any help would be appreciated. Well, Deb, there's a couple of things here. First of all, most dogs don't generally tend to like the gentle leader collar right off the bat. As a matter of fact, there's a number of different phrases that are used for how they act, one of them being the the dance and that kind of thing, because a lot of them tend to jump around and try to get it off of their nose. It's a very strange feeling for them, number one. And number two, according to the maker of the gentle leader, it actually puts pressure on the back of their neck and also on their nose, which are two places where in a wolf pack, a dominant dog would put pressure on the dog, on a submissive dog in order to subdue them. So that's that's something they're not going to like because essentially what it's doing is it's telling them, okay, you know, you're not the leader. And a lot of dogs will kind of react to that. Plus, it's just, as I said, a little bit of a different feeling for them to begin with. So what you will want to do is, first of all, create a positive association with the gentle leader for your dog. So the way that you would do this is, first of all, very, very important that when they are dancing about and jumping around with it on, that you in no way try to comfort the dog because that can be interpreted as praise. So what you'll want to do is just completely ignore that behavior as they're trying to get it off and and jump around, that kind of thing. Just completely ignore them. At some point, they're going to kind of tire themselves out a little bit and decide to just calm down and sit there. When they do that, then you will want to praise them. You can even use treats to tell them, you know, this is what I want you to do. So in that way, they're going to start learning, okay, you know, I need to just accept this. It'll be okay. And I'll get praise and I'll get treats. And oh, that's a good thing. Now, Another thing that you can do in order to help make this a positive experience is just go ahead and, if you're a first-time gentle leader user, 
do this from the very first time you put this on your dog. If you've used it before, but your dog's not a big fan, then you can go ahead and kind of back up and use this method as well. What you'll want to do is go ahead and get your treats or toys, different things that are motivating for your dog, and of course, bring along your praise as well. And you're going to start putting the gentle leader on your dog in small steps. So what you would do, for instance, at first is maybe just make the nose loop real big. At this point, it doesn't need to be fitted to your dog. Just make the nose loop big enough that you can kind of stick it on your dog. And what you'll want to do is go ahead and put it on your dog. And while it's still on, of course, pop a treat into their mouth and praise them and tell them how wonderful they are. Or if they like squeaky toys, go ahead and squeak the toy, pop it into their mouth while they have the nose loop on. Right now, it's just the nose loop. But that was a positive thing. You got it on and they had a positive experience. So everybody's happy. So then what you can start doing is you can just go ahead and, t- and put it on and off a few times. The first couple of times that you try to put it on, if it's new or if they already don't like it, then they may try to get away from it a little bit. That's okay. As soon as they actually let you put it on, then that's the desired behavior. So that's when you're going to praise them or treat them. Now, after they get to where they will sit there and let you put it on, because now they know they're getting treats and they're getting praise and they're getting pettings and they're getting their toy, after they will let you put it on their nose, then go ahead and put it behind their ears as well. The That's the part that actually goes around their neck and clicks back behind their head. Again, right now, it doesn't have to be completely fitted. All right, just go ahead and make sure that they'll let you do that. If And at the point at which you do that, then again, they'll be wearing it. So go ahead and praise them, give them their motivators. Now, after you've gotten to the point where they will let you put it on, even though it'll probably be very loose, that's the point at which you're going to want to start fitting it correctly. And remember, as we went over before, you're going to want it very tight in the back. You want to just be able to put your finger, your one finger under it. And then the nose loop should be loose enough that they can go ahead and open their mouth to bark or catch a ball. But it shouldn't be so loose that they can actually take it off. So once once you have once you've gotten it fitted, of course, the whole time while you're fitting it, go ahead and praise them, give them their treats, give them their toys so that this continues to be a positive experience. Then you can go ahead and put the leash on. Now, don't be surprised if they've gotten to the point where they'll be okay with the gentle leader on by itself. And then when you put the leash on, then they start dancing around again. That's not uncommon because the leash puts a little bit of extra pressure on it. Once you have the leash on, go ahead and give them praise and treats for that, for being good. And then you're ready to try to start walking. Now, when you start walking, they may, even though they're accepting it, staying still, they may start doing the dance again. And part of that may be because they're kind of moving around and it'll change how it feels on their head. So go ahead and do the same thing. When they are acting up, just go ahead and stand still and ignore it until they get themselves back under control. Then praise them and go ahead and start moving. Now you had mentioned that um, Calvin, Calvin's behavior did change for a little while when you first started using it. Then after a week or so, he went back to pulling and whining. So what I would what I would suggest that you do is first of all, the this 
piece of equipment by itself is not going to automatically train a dog in the correct way to walk. So when you put this on, it may be uncomfortable for them to pull, but they may still do it if they don't necessarily know that the idea is they're supposed to not be pulling. So what you're going to want to do is still work with training your dog to walk with you correctly. We went over that in canine cast number 16, but what I would especially recommend in this particular circumstance is if your dog is pulling and whining, trying to get at something, then you can go ahead and turn and walk in the opposite direction. Now, when you're doing this with the gentle leader, you'll want your dog to be on a short enough amount of leash that it's not going to be able to run too far ahead of you. You want to, when you do turn around and walk, you can go ahead and turn around and go in the opposite direction, but you don't want to in any way jerk your dog's head because what happens is using the gentle leader, it'll actually turn your dog's head to the side. And so that wouldn't be very comfortable for their neck. However, if you go ahead and turn and start walking in the opposite direction, just to the point where it may put some gentle but steady pressure on the dog, then the dog will go ahead and follow you. When you do this, you don't say anything to the dog. You just turn and walk quietly. And when the dog catches up with you, you praise it the same way that we went over in canine cast number 16. So in that way, your dog will start to learn that number one, the pressure is going to ease up when it's next to you, but also that you like that, that you're happy with them being next to you. And that's, that's a big, big part of it is, you know, they, some dogs will react differently to the pressure and for some of them that alone will train them but for a lot of dogs they actually need to know oh okay this is what my human wants and this is a, this is a piece of equipment to help you get that across to them but you're still going to want to incorporate the training to decrease them just deciding to pull on the gentle leader as well so um let us know how that works for you and hopefully Calvin will get closer and closer to the desired ideal in walking next to you. And it does take time. Even with the gentle leader, it's not going to necessarily fix it for you forever and ever overnight, but it's a good piece of equipment to help you over time, over a few weeks and then over months, get him to where he learns that he should be next to you pretty much all the time. So thanks for writing in. We'll have some links about gentle leaders and more information in the Enhanced Podcast and at caninecast.com. Okay, and now on to dog aggression issues. And we're going to just barely scratch the surface here. A listener wrote in to tell us about her dog who does have some aggression issues. First of all, this dog is very possessive of toys. She said, especially while the dog is retrieving. So while playing a game while the dog's hyped up and excited and, you know, is, is wanting to keep the toy and also of treats, um, specifically yummy ones. Now it says that the dog didn't complete puppy kindergarten and then had very little obedience training. Um, further, there are some dog, dog aggression issues, meaning that, that this dog is specifically aggressive towards other dogs. It will attack other dogs, without provocation, while on neutral ground. Um, that, that would be the kind of thing like if the dog was, say, at a dog park and were attacking other dogs. That would be considered neutral ground, especially if it was a dog park that the dog isn't normally, isn't normally at. Um, and when it attacks other dogs, it does so with enough gusto to leave puncture wounds. Now, interestingly enough, this 
this dog does live with another dog and does seem to be okay with that one dog. However, this dog has also attacked friends' dogs when friends bring their dogs over to visit uh, to the point where friends can't really bring their dogs over to visit anymore. And if they do, then the dogs have to be separated. Now, what's what's really kind of scary to, to this person is that there are small children in the family. So she wrote in some actual questions about it. And the questions being, um, number one, once a dog attacks, are they more likely to attack more often? Um, Two, what behavior modification um, can she do to prevent these attacks? And three, how likely is a dog to attack a toddler when it's only attacked other dogs to this point? Now, um, first, first of all, I'll go ahead and answer the questions and then do a little bit more discussion on the matter here. Now, for the first question, once a dog attacks, are they likely to attack more often? In my opinion, I would say yes, um, mostly because dog attacks rarely happen just off the bat. Normally, there are a number of things, a number of things that happen leading up to the point where the attack occurs. I guess there's there's normally a number of say gates that the dog goes through or or things that happen. So the the good side of that is that normally there's a lot of warning beforehand, but on the on the other side, basic, basically normally yes, once they attack, they are n- they are more likely to attack more often. It doesn't mean that they will, but it can be more likely. Um, So far as behavior modification to prevent these attacks, basically all the best thing that I can say on that topic is that I'm not really in a position to give out actual behavior modification for this because I haven't seen the dog. I haven't seen the situation. And so any, any situation where, well, any, any behavior situation in general, but especially with aggression, there can be a number of factors that are causing this. So what, what I recommend um, for a person to do in dealing with an aggressive dog is to consult a trainer or a behaviorist about the situation. Um, that's, that's so very important because that will bring a person in who can actually see the dog interact with the family, interact with other dogs, interact with other people and animals to kind of get an idea of exactly what the causes are of this. And so be able to develop an individual behavior modification plan because there can be so many different causes and so many different factors, something that could be very appropriate to treat one dog may be counterproductive in another dog and actually make the problem worse. So, so that's why I can't, I, I can't really give you any tips on modifying the dog's behavior for this. What I can give you are some tips for kind of um, managing it and keeping yourself safe while you are seeking out help and going through the behavior modification program. Now, first of all, with um, possession with toys and treats, all right, with any dog that is possessive, what you want to do is try to minimize the amount of times that the dog will have something to where somebody could to where somebody could interfere with the dog. Um, for, for example, you never ever want to try to take the toy or the treat from a dog if you already know that the dog's possessive and anybody else who's around the dog teach them to do the same thing. If the dog has something, just, you know what, let the dog have it until such time as the dog drops it. Then when the dog has dropped it and is not paying attention, then it is 
normally safer for you to go over, pick it up, and get that out of the way. When your dog gets a treat or a toy, what you want to do is don't don't ever just give your dog a treat just for being cute, even though even though you probably really want to, because even aggressive dogs most of the time are just absolutely wonderful and very, very cute. But it's very important that you have the dog do something for the treat. Say, if the dog knows to sit, then have it sit before giving it a treat or a toy. Also, when your dog is done playing with the toy or when you are, you know, when you're done interacting with the dog, go ahead and make sure to pick up the toy. You don't want to leave toys just lying around for the dog to get them at any time um, because that, that pretty much opens the door for and for an aggressive episode. So anytime that you, that you notice that your dog is done with a toy, pick it up, put it away. Now, if you also said that the dog gets more hyped up and is more likely to be possessive when playing fetch. So what you'd want to do for that is to start using a command for the dog to drop the toy. If the dog drops the toy, then the reward is the game of fetch continues. If the toy isn't dropped, then no more fetch. The game is over, and you just go ahead and leave the dog alone. Of course, with this, as with any other time the dog is playing with a toy, it's very important that you watch the dog and pick up the toy afterward and put it away. Now, um, one one thing that might help a little bit is obedience with the dog. However, that alone is not going to fix aggression issues. What that is going to do is that is going to help with the relationship between the owner and the dog so that obedience is a great, great way to help with pack leadership, specifically identifying the owner as the alpha and the dog as a submissive in the pack. However, if the dog hasn't had a lot of obedience training up to this point, Make sure that anything that is taught that is new is taught only with positive methods. Make sure anything that the dog already knows, if they don't comply, you don't want to in any way try to force them to comply. They just don't get a treat. They don't get to continue the game. And um, basically, the only the only way that you would want to tell the dog that they did something wrong if it's an aggressive dog is by ignoring it. Um, you don't you don't want to put yourself in any type of a situation where it's a it's a confrontation with the dog. You want to avoid those totally. So make sure that you only use positive methods. Praise and treat the dog when it does what's wanted and when it doesn't do what's wanted, just ignore it. Now, dogs do want attention from their people for the most part. They absolutely crave it. So just taking away the attention in and of itself is a very non-confrontational way to let the dog know that it that what it did didn't make you happy. So that will work. Now, in order to go ahead and train the dog and use positive methods, the trainer behaviors that you consult to help you with your behavior modification can help you with that. And as a matter of fact, that will probably be part of your behavior modification, but they will show you how to do it in a very safe, very positive way to basically you know, get the most from your dog without putting yourself into a potentially dangerous situation. Now, so far as the trainers go... There are many different trainers out there and they have many different methods of dealing with any dog behavior problem, aggression included. 
what I would highly recommend that you do is that you be very careful with who you choose. As I said before, some methods with some dogs will be great and the same method may be bad with another dog. So you'll want somebody who has a variety of different ways to work with your dog. And also you will most likely want somebody who uses positive non-confrontational methods. The way that you can find this is by looking for a certified pet dog trainer. There's a website, which will be in the Enhanced Podcast and also in the show notes, um, but it's ccpdt.org. Now, I recommend that you go ahead and check that out in the show notes of the Enhanced Podcast because it probably sounds like alphabet soup. But what it is, is it's the website for the Certified Pet Dog Trainers. It's an organization where in order to belong to this, all dog trainers have to meet certain um, requirements. They have to have minimum standards of experience, so they will have dealt with this kind of a situation before. Further, this organization has guiding principles that the certified trainers must follow, and those principles include um, humane treatment, and they specifically encourage using positive methods. So that's what you want to look for especially when dealing with aggression issues. Um, It's very important that this person be able to give you ways to deal with this that will be non-confrontational. And that's for your safety and also in order to help the dog because depending on your dog's temperament and your dog's, the causes of your dog's aggression, some types of non-positive methods can actually make it worse. So, if you, you know, if you have any more questions about how to find a trainer, you know, I'll be happy to help with that. You know, go ahead and write in. But to go ahead and get to the last question, um, the last one was how likely is a dog to attack a toddler when it's only attacked other dogs to this point? Um, that's a really difficult question to answer. And again, the trainer behaviorist, seeing the dog and seeing it interact with the family would be much better able to answer that. Um, the, re- the reason why I say that is that basically aggression towards other dogs is completely different than aggression towards people. Th- those two things can happen in a dog for completely different reasons. A lot of dogs that have aggression issues will be aggressive only towards other dogs and will never have any aggression towards a person whatsoever. On the other hand, dogs who are aggressive towards people may not be aggressive towards dogs. And then, of course, there are going to be dogs who are aggressive towards both. So it just kind of depends on what's going on with that particular dog. And just because the dog hasn't attacked a person yet doesn't necessarily mean that it won't, especially um, since you brought up the possession issues. That's, that's one of those warnings that can lead up to an attack on a person if the dog is first possessive with, it, with its toys, treats, so on, towards a person. Um, further, even if the dog is never aggressive towards any people, this is still something that I would highly, highly recommend getting help with if you do have small children in the house because if this dog has an aggressive episode with another dog and the child is there, then the child could get caught in the, tr- in the crossfire, which would be an absolute tragedy. And it is absolutely avoidable. But the important thing is to take is to go ahead and take the steps now to make sure that that never happens. So, I mean, basically, I'm just I'm just going along what you know what I'm seeing here. And it could be that 
the behaviors comes in and says that really it's it's not a problem or that it's something that's very, very easily remedied. So I highly encourage you to go ahead and get that opinion. Um, you know, don't don't be afraid to go to go do that because of, you know, it may take too long or maybe too expensive. It's so, so very well worth it to be able to get your dog to a point at which you know that it will be safe for your family and, you know, and hopefully around other dogs as well. And just a note on dog aggression towards other dogs. Um, you'd mentioned that this dog lives with another dog and it's actually not uncommon for dog aggressive dogs to live with a dog or even to have some well-known dog friends, maybe ones that come over that it's grown up with its whole life and be perfectly fine with them. It's just dogs that it doesn't know it will be aggressive towards. Um, Please go ahead and look, you know, look for that help. It'll be a great thing for you, your dog and your family. So with that, we're approaching the end of the show today. And Walter has some announcements. Thanks, Tara. Just wanted to let everyone know that we have some new pictures in our listeners' picture gallery at caninecast.com. Kate sent us some pictures of her dog, Sandy, playing in the snow and playing with a stick. It's really cute. And her dog, Sandy, actually has her own blog, and you can check that out at sandydog.blogspot.com, and we'll have that in the show notes and in the Enhanced Podcast. But check out the listeners' picture gallery at caninecast.com. Check out these really cute pictures of Sandy, and don't forget to send in your pictures of your dog so that you can be a part of the listeners' gallery, too. Absolutely. And as well as that, we love getting emails from our listeners and also getting voicemails. So please continue to send in all of your feedback. It's so wonderful and puts a smile on our face to hear from the listeners and hear what they think and their suggestions. We also love reading your stories about your dogs as well as answering your questions. So please continue to send those in as well. And the stories, of course, can be anything from a happy story to a sad story to just something funny that the dog did the other day to make you laugh. We absolutely love reading those and also getting a chance to share them with the listeners. So that's all that we have for you tonight. If you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing that you can do for your furry friend. If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast please leave us a voice message by calling 206-338-DOGS. That's 206-338-3647. Or post a comment on our website at caninecast.com. That's the letter K, the number 9, cast.com.